Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you for this day that you have made. Thank you that we can rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you that you have so many good things for us to celebrate uh, as we close out the uh, Feast of Sukkot. Uh, in Israel, the Feast of Tabernacles, we say that you are our tabernacle. You are our dwelling place. We are your people. We pray that we would always serve the nations in hospitality, in generosity, in politeness, O oh God, in, in uh, being able to refresh those that are around us. Now this day, as we come to the house of God and ask that you would bless your word that it would be a seed planted in our hearts, a good seed planted in good hearts that would give forth good fruit. Let your word be the bread of life that nourishes our spirit. Let your word be a lamp unto our feet and a double-edged sword that pierces our hearts to divide between the soul and the spirit. Let your word, O oh God, be the rain that falls from heaven that allows bread to grow and that we can truly be healthy and nourished in our spiritual lives we give you thanks for the house of God we give you thanks that those who bless the house of God will be blessed according to your word that will be prospered those that have the capacity to walk in your instruction to trust in the Lord is better than to carry the weight of our own uh, confidence our own abilities you are stronger you are better you're wiser we pray that your word did not re does not return void, but that it would accomplish the purpose for which you send it out to, Lord. Bring clarity to your eyes, understanding to our spirit, and allow your word to prosper to all those that hear this message. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen, and amen. Well, we all know that the dilemma begins in Genesis chapter 3. That's where the dilemma begins. If you say, where did everything go wrong? Where did everything mess up? It's in Genesis chapter 3. The Bible says in verse 1 that the snake was more cunning uh, more crafty than any other animal in the garden. Genesis 3 verse 1. That snake is here today. And it's rounding its bouts around your garden. And he was cunning more than any other beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, uh, you'll see that, that the voice of Satan speaking out of alignment with God. Uh, who should have been speaking as God? And God had already spoken and he spoke to the head of the woman. How many believe what the Bible says that the head of every woman is the man, right? The man is the head of the woman. And, and that's unusual for us to hear those words there in the book of Ephesians. We'll get to it now. But um, he speaks to the woman and said, the serpent said to the, uh, uh, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat. She responds. Let's go to verse 1 first. He says to the woman, um, woman. Has God indeed, he's questioning, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So here he's speaking to the woman and questioning what God has said. Um, I, I want to show you wisdom this morning. Refer all questions to your head. If this was a Christian church, I would have amens coming out of the, of the ranks here. Refer all questions to your head. I'll say it one more time. Refer... Any question to your authority. Amen. And when you don't do that, you're letting the devil play with you. 
Because he's always going to question those that are under authority and not the authority. Why? He's not going to dare go ask Adam what God has said. Because Adam's going to say, God said it. But he's going to go talk to the woman. And the woman is not going to refer to her head. She's going to converse with the devil. Verse 2. So she tells Satan, you have no business talking to Satan. How many say amen? Amen. I'm going to talk to you. You have nothing good for me. To, I'm not going to contemplate your thoughts. Get thee behind me, Satan. Get away from me. Uh, you're, you're not my head. You're not going to lead me into confusion, into chaos. The woman says, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. Verse 3. But of the fruit of the, uh, the, fruit of the tree which is in the most of the garden, in the midst of the garden, uh, God says, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. Verse 4. Um, he says, you're not going to die. When you converse with people that are not in your line of authority, all you do is you open up for confusion and chaos. A lot of people at work like to talk about amongst co-workers. Hey, uh, I thought he said this. Well, I didn't hear him say that. Well, maybe we shouldn't even listen to him. Listen, go to the boss. And, and if you go to the boss, you qualify for, for promotion. You qualify for increase in prosperity. If you meddle amongst the ranks, all you qualify is for confusion and chaos. Uh, verse 5. I'm not getting any amens, but we'll continue. For God knows that the day you eat of it, your eyes will open. The devil says your eyes are going to open. Listen, you don't want to see what the devil wants to show you. Don't make him your tour guide. You're, you're enslaved. They're not letting you see. You don't want to see what God doesn't want you to see. And what your authority doesn't want you to know, you shouldn't want to know it anyways. Or else you're a meddler. You're meddling into areas that you don't belong. And you will be like God. Now you're the boss. You're the authority. Everybody under authority has a complex of wanting to be an authority. And all the wives say, Amen. Amen. All the wives want to be the husband. Why don't, who, what, I don't like that. Man is the head. Tough luck, lady. That's what God has said. And he's the boss of the universe. And all the women say, I'm just trying to help you. God's trying to help you through your pastor. Because God has designed everything for prosperity and blessing and peace and joy. The day you eat of it, your eyes will be open. You'll be like God. Then you decide what's right and wrong. And all the women say, all the witches said amen right there. You're not supposed to decide what's right and wrong. That's why God has given you leadership. God has given you leadership. And your leadership is like, is like a steering wheel that's able to navigate. And God never, say never, never, gave the wife the steering wheel of the home. See, no amens. Amen. Because he wants to bust your husband's chops. Yeah, right. Amen. Amen. Listen, he wants your husband to make all the decisions. So when everything goes crazy, he goes and kills your husband. He's done it twice in the Bible. Exodus 4.24, he says he came out to kill Moses. Listen, if God is willing to kill Moses, he'll kill your husband too. Because he refused. He says he came out to the past on the way of the... 
camping out in Camden, that the Lord met him and sought to kill him. He's talking about Moses. I want, God wants to kill men. Why? Because they refuse to lead. They refuse to take responsibility. They refuse to be the head. I want to tell you something about the head. Ready for the head? Eyes, ears, nose, mouth. The head contains the full functions of the body's blessing as a leader. It's supposed to see and not be blind. It's supposed to hear and not be deaf. It's supposed to speak and not be dumb. God has designed it like this. And how many thank God that Jesus is the head of the church? Absolutely. Let's give a hand to the Lord. He's the eyes, the ears, the mouth. He's able to lead the as Christ is the head of the church, so the man is the head of the wife. So, so Adam is lost there. So the woman is engaging here. Verse 6, Genesis 3, 6. So when the woman saw, when the woman's using her eyes, she's, she's gone because God gave her eyes. No amens. That's fine. We're working it. We're working it. God gave her eyes. And, and listen to me. In faith, you move in the alignment with God, and you're going to see the glory of God. Amen. You're going to see the, the wonderful mercies of God in your life if you let the man lead. But if you see that the tree was good for food, and she perceived... Now, this... This, um, she, she saw that it was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes. She felt something. She, she discerned something. The nose is in the head and it serves for discernment. Smell. Roses. Doo-doo. For the Spanish speaking, caca. How do I discern this? It's in the head. It's in the head. You're not to sit there and, and see on your own, smell on your own. Well, I was listening to the other day, and I heard, oh, really? So now you're hearing on your own, right? It's pretty good. Well, maybe God gave you a head. So you're not hearing with your feet, and you're not smelling with your toes. Maybe God has a design. Maybe God put pastors to lead the church and they have spiritual vision and they hear different than you hear and they smell fishy. When it smells fishy, what's around? Fish. I'm going to be smelling. If it smells fishy, it is fishy. And so God has given us eyes, ears, nose, mouth to be able to govern the affairs of our life. And one of the key elements here is that she's looking at the fruit. She perceives the fruit as desirable to make you wise. She eats of the fruit and she gives to the husband. All of us want to walk usurping these orders. I only have six more minutes. Genesis 3.15, later in this chapter, God says, listen, you're supposed to crush 
the head of the serpent. You're not supposed to allow that head to make its way up and put it as your eyes, your ears, your voice. I will put enmity between you, the woman, and between the seed and her seed, and she shall bruise your head. Listen, I don't know what you feel like these beheadings in the Middle East. How, how many, every time you hear about somebody's head being cut off, you're like, whoo, you get goosebumps, and you're like, whoo, this is weird. Why would anybody cut somebody's head off? Because they're not interested in that person being able to exist. No eyes, no ears, no nose, no mouth. This is put an end to it. Put an end to it. And so uh, we have several examples in 1 Samuel 17, 51. David runs over to the giant. He pulls out his sword. He kills him and cuts his head off. And the Philistines saw their champion was dead without a head. What do you think that the troops felt like? They had no more leader, no more eyes, no more ears, no more nose, no more mouth. No, no. Listen, when your head is cut off, you cannot declare commands. Charge! Now, where'd that come from? The mouth. It's communication. It's consumption. It's being able to feed. Without a head, you can't do much. And it, it's, it's why the devil's, um, he sees the prophecy that his head is going to be crushed by the heel of the woman's seed. So that if the devil has no more eyes, ears, mouth, nose, he's a defeated foe. He can't speak to you no more. He has no clarity. Only he has chaos and confusion. But if the opposite is at work, and you're like this witch in Matthew 14, 8. This is New Testament now for those New Testamentarian theologians. You say, well, those Old Testament doesn't apply no more. Now I'm the head. I'm the woman. Now listen to me. There is a witch here. She having been prompted by her mother, a little girl prompted by her mother witch. We call her La Gran Bruja. Give me the head of John the Baptist. Chop his head off. Because he's speaking words of righteousness, words of wisdom, words of judgment. He is God's man. He's a voice that cries in the wilderness. Make ye straight the paths of the Lord. The head will, will speak on God's behalf. That's why God made it the head. But this woman here, Old Testament, David is cutting off the head of Goliath. New Testament, this woman whose daughter is dancing before Herod is asking for, give me John the Baptist's head and serve it on a platter. All the women would love to grab their authorities and just do away with them. That's not true. That's not true. The biggest blessing God has given you is a head that sees, a head that hears, a head that speaks, a head that smells and is able to discern. And if a wife understands she's not the head, a lot of them say, yes, yeah, she's the neck. She turns the head. Listen. You need what God has provided. And all I'm saying is God has provided that the church would have eyes and ears and nose and be able to perceive things that nobody perceives. And all the wicked men in this church, there's wicked men, absolutely. Don't tell the pastor because he might want to come in here and see something. He might want to hear something. He might want to say something. Let's, let's not have a head in this church in this house, right, in this family. 
Let's not bring our situations in a place where there's clarity. Listen to me. The, the most peaceful aspect of my existence is when things are explained and I know what's going on. And when I'm in darkness, I don't know where I'm going. I don't know if I'm going to go over a cliff and take my family with me. But if God has been good in his mercy and grace, Ephesians 5.23, for those of you that don't know, John the Baptist's head did get cut off, by the way. And I hope you don't do the same thing to your husband. And I hope your husband doesn't have that effeminate spirit to want your pastor's head on a platter. That he not speak to your family. That he has a complex, uh, uh, inferiority complex where the pastor has wisdom of God. That he hasn't given the husband to be able to speak to the fathers. I, I tell you, while Pastor Kenny was pastoring my kids, and we had dilemmas with Nick and with Joshua and with Brandon at home, I would tell them, go talk to your pastor. Amen. Well, I'm the pastor. I'm the senior pastor. No, no. They had a pastor that was watching for them, hearing Amen. about them, speaking life and counsel. And listen, Amen. these are spiritual principles. This, we're not playing church. We're trying to defeat Satan. We're overcoming the enemy and his adversarial ways. For the husband, read it with me, the husband is the head of the wife. Now, listen, all the men that use this verse to, to abuse their wives are, are wicked. This is not why God gave us that verse. It's so that you take responsibility. For you to open up your eyes and say, God, take away blinders that I'm blind. The Bible says, I think it's 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4, it says, the God of this world has blinded the mind of men so that they do not understand God. Whose mind the God of this age has blinded. The devil has blinded who do not believe lest the light of the gospel should shine on them. Should come and, and make clear what's in darkness. Ephesians 5.23, the husband, the head of the wife. How? As Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the savior, he is responsible. I want you to know the sneakiness about people that present themselves before the leadership of the church. 1 Kings 3.16, two women bring one baby to Solomon. And they have all their stories. Listen, the people that come to the leadership of the church, they never tell me the truth. Never tell me the truth. I had to figure it out. So they bring two harlots, two witches come to the king and stood before him and says, this baby is mine. No, it's mine. No, it's, they're both, well, one of them is lying. But they both are arguing. One of them is just as bad as the other one because the first one ate the other one's baby. And if you eat anybody's baby, you should give them your baby. No amens. All right, that's fine. They're both wicked. They ate one baby. Now, there's only one baby left, and they come before King Solomon, who's God's representative on the earth, and they're lying. And so he says, he's mine. No, he's mine. And so this man has to sit there, and he has to look, not with physical eyes, not, not listening with, with natural ears. There's something supernatural in God's leadership that's able to, something smelly there. Something's not right. And so we have been given what it says in Isaiah chapter 11, verse 2. They will be able to see without the eyes. The Spirit of the Lord is upon him, giving them wisdom and understanding. Verse 3. 
His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of the ears. People think we make decisions based on what we see and what, what did, did you see? I don't have to see nothing. The Lord speaks to us. We see wickedness when, when you don't see it. We know things are twisted when you don't tell us. Because nobody comes and tells us the truth. I, I, the last week, I've told two families, I said, listen, every time you call, you come and call me about your husband. Why don't you call me about you? Amen. Tell me how wicked you are. And then that'll make 50% repairs. How many know if you fix one person, that's 50% improvement? Amen. That's awesome. Amen. So we have a 50% improvement when a wife calls a pastor and starts talking bad about herself. That hasn't happened in 18 years. <laughs> Everybody wants to talk to me about their husbands. And all the women say, amen. I'll say it for you. My husband's struggling, Pastor. You know that, right? Yeah, I know. Because he has married to you. That's why he's struggling. You need wisdom. You're not going to fool me. You're not going to tell me your story. He will judge not by the sight of his eyes. And he will not decide things by the hearing of his ears. Why? Because it's supernatural. I would have been out of business a long time ago. I would have been frustrated. But God has given us grace to see, to hear, to speak the mercies of God. The mercies of God. And they're in this place. And so Solomon says, you know something? Let's chop the baby in half. And one of them says, amen. And he goes, you're not the mom. You're a lion. You're lying. You're willing to destroy and not bring life and not bring peace. Uh, in Proverbs 3 verse 7, it says, don't be wise in your own eyes. Quit living life based on what you see. God wants you to see what he sees. He's not interested in your opinion. That's why he gives you supernatural wisdom. There's, there's no counsel of God that's not worth going to sit and to meditate on for, for months. I said, Lord, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? I don't see it. You're not going to see it. Listen, he sees it. 1 Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith and not by sight. Where? Is it 2 Corinthians? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 7. We walk by faith, not by sight. Lord, give me spiritual vision. Let me see things I'm not seeing. It, it, what, listen, our house burnt down and it, that last year. It's almost fixed. Six years ago, it messed up through water. We, we had to trial through water, now by fire. But the first one... I was, I was upset. I couldn't see anything. I wanted to sell my house. I was frustrated. There was no way out. And then Clarita comes and, and spiritual vision. Ready? Lo veo todo nuevo. I'm like, I don't see it. Because sometimes you need somebody who will see it for you. And see it from God's vantage point. And deliver to you what a head delivers. And speak those words. Todo nuevo, lo veo todo nuevo. I was like, está loca. <laughs> Guess what? Go to my house. You're going to see todo nuevo. Amen. God is good. And I said, thank God. Thank God that, that somebody sees for me. Uh, J John the Baptist sins 
his disciples to Jesus while he was in prison, about to get beheaded. He says, go and tell Jesus if what I'm seeing is something clear. He's, he's referring back to the head. He's going to the head of the church. A wife goes to the head of her husband. Go, and go talk to the pastor. Go talk to the men of God and see if what you're seeing is what I'm seeing. Get a word from God. Get it confirmed by not one man. Get a hundred men of God to see what they say about what's going on. Years ago, we had an issue here at the church, and a man says, I'm going to call James Dobson. Call James Dobson. Focus on the family. He says, my pastor's saying this. What do you see? I see the same thing, sir. Do what your pastor says. God bless you. And they hung up on him. Absolutely. Get a second opinion from a man of God, from somebody who's serious about God. I tell the people when I, I counsel them, if, if you're having issues with what I see and what I'm telling you, go talk to Pastor Joey or go talk to Pastor Kenny or go to Pastor Palma. Go to Rivera. Go to, go to men that God has entrusted as shepherds over this fold and hear what they hear and see what they see. They're not going to judge on their own side. Proverbs 3, verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn from your evil ways. Why? Why would God say, do not be wise in your own eyes? Why fear the Lord and depart from what you see and what you hear and what you know? Verse 8, so that your whole body might be healed. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bone. Your whole body will be made whole from what you receive, from what God has given. Job 42.5, he says like this, I had heard about you, but now my eyes see you. I, I had an acquaintance. I had an opinion about you, but I went to go get a good report. Those people that that judge themselves and speak to themselves and decide for themselves are the most self-deceived. That's the worst deception there is, self-deception. Trusting in your own eyes, your own ears, your own thoughts. He says, I've had an opinion from what I heard about you, but now I see clearly. My eyes are open. Matthew 6.22 says, if your eye, your eye is the lamp that provides light to your whole body. If you're not seeing right, your whole body is contaminated. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. When you got clarity of vision, I'm going to talk to the single people now. You're not supposed to judge on your own. Go to somebody and let them see for you. <whistles> wow! Listen, that's not what I see. Yoo-hoo! A boogeyman's going to get you. Don't let, don't let your eyes deceive you. There's one man came and came to our church years ago. He says, Pastor, there's two girls I like. I go, so then do eeny, meeny, miny, moe. <laughs> no. I said, let me help you a little bit. This is what I see. One of them has a tag here called rebellion. And the other one has a tag here called a fool. Which one do you want to marry? He goes, uh-uh. None of them. I said, well, look, I see one over there. And thank God he married her. Let's give a hand to the Lord. <laughs> Absolutely. She's his wife, his nurse, his lover, his friend, his confidant, his financial planner. That man's sitting on a gold mine. Because I was able to help him see a little bit. 
That's the single people. I didn't get one amen. You guys noticed. <laughs> Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. Let God's mercy come upon you. And let your whole body be full of light. They say, before you get married, open your eyes wide open. You get married, then close them a little bit. <laughs> you don't want to see all the defects. But while you're single, you better have your eyes wide open. I wanted 15 pastors to be there. Give me a thumbs up. 15 pastors. What do you guys see? You better get her. You're going to lose her. You better hurry up. Okay, there it is. Um, verse 23. Lord, help me see through my leaders. Help me see through those appointed. But if your eye is bad, if you choose to, to, to pick your own ways, and your whole body is full of darkness... If therefore the light that is in you, God has provided you to be able to see is darkness, then how deep is the darkness you're going to walk in? Some people would rather stick their head in the ground like an ostrich. The lion's not going to get me. Blindness is not going to help you. And we're going to finish here for Mark 9, 47. If your eye is causing you to stumble, pluck it out. It's better for you to enter into God's purpose with one eye than to have both eyes and go to hell. It's better you're not walking in your own opinion. You're not understanding. The eyes, the ears, the nose, the mouth, all these things are necessary. You, you do the homework. I'm done. I think that God has spoken in his goodness. Let's stand up today. These are the principles we need to teach our children. Uh, if you think you're self-sufficient to parent your children alone, you're deceived. You need the pastor. You need his discernment. You need to know what he hears. Years ago, there was a young man that was traveling through our church, and he started befriending other of the young people. And I was like not feeling peace in my spirit. I would not let my son's fellowship with a psychopath, a rebel, it says he's not going out with my sons. He's not going out with the youth. But this one person insisted he's not a bad guy. And then we got a psychiatric report two months later that he was having illusions, imaginations, hallucinations of slicing his friend's throats. So the, the, the things that were going through his thoughts and his mind were not easily discernible. And that's why you got to be careful how you're going to walk in these days. God has intended for you to have a head and those people that are in alignment to their head and, and I, I don't know what my brother calls uh, the psychiatrist. What, what do you call people that don't listen to their head? Psychopath or psychotic or yeah? Psychopath means, path means abnormal, pathological and psycho is your mind is not where you, when you, you cut off your husband you're like shut up dummy you're disrespectful, dishonorable. You're about to get in a lot of trouble. And then when you do the same thing to the leadership in the church and pastor appreciation, month is going by, you're like, I don't know why they appreciate the head so much. You're twisted. God has provided supernatural giftings in the head of everybody. And those of you who don't listen to your own head, you guys are double-minded. You guys got issues. You better ask God for singleness of mind. You know when, where purity and singleness of mind comes? When you have no issues with your authority. 
You say, yes, sir. When you say, yes, sir, and, and that's why you got to be careful who your authority is. You better not pick a psychopath. You got to pick a man who fears the Lord, a man who loves God, a man who, who obeys and exemplifies by the fruit of his ways. And, and so we're blessed in this place. Father, this morning, as you have had mercy upon us to speak and reveal these issues to us, Lord, give us also the grace to come in alignment with your purpose for our lives. You have chosen our fathers for us. They have supernatural gifting and ordained from the beginnings of the foundations of the earth to be able to see for us, hear for us, speak to us, discern, taste, be able to judge matters that we might have a healthy existence upon the earth to fulfill your calling for our lives. Let us not be double-minded. Let us not be psychotic and schizophrenic, a double-minded, divided mind. Two duplicitous answers from people who are not in positions of authority over our life. We've lived in a culture and a generation that has so disrespected leadership and authority, and that's why Wednesday night we're going to hear more about it, that we no longer know how to make decisions and to determine and to decide for choosing the best. We pray that your grace would be upon us this week. We pray blessing financially, spiritually, relationally to every member of this church and all those that are in it, that they would be a blessing to the lands and to the nations, to their friends, that they would be the voice of discernment and wisdom and honor so that we might prosper in all our ways. In Jesus' name we pray, and the house of God says amen, amen, amen and amen. Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Men's meeting tomorrow night at 8.